life is one big Zoom call right now. So shutting screen time down an hour before bed, you know, the blue light from screens really does affect our bodies to thinking that it is still daytime and it is not time for sleep. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Fat Cats. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. How is working from home going for you? I personally love the fact that I can be around my family more and connect with people through video calls. I've been able to attend several webinars on topics related to COVID-19 and how it's changing my business model. But several weeks into the lockdown, I had noticed that I was having a hard time going to sleep. It was a bit harder to separate work life from home life and I would lie in bed at night awake and was having a harder time calming down. And I think in part, it was because I was spending too much time reading the news on my computer before going to bed. It was stimulating my mind and making it so that I couldn't quite get the rest I needed and just had a harder time falling asleep. But then when I started reducing my screen time before going to bed, leaving my phone to charge outside of my bedroom, I noticed that it was quite a bit easier for me to get to sleep. If you have struggled at all with any of these issues, this episode is for you. Kim Kimball is a life coach, and in this episode, we talk about all these topics. She talks about learning to pay attention to your body and what it's telling you. She shares some tips for staying focused during the day. In order to thrive and not just survive during these times, we all need to make sure we are aware of what our bodies are telling us in order to stay at peak performance during the season. And Kim Kimball does just that. Here's my conversation with Kim. Hello, Kim. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Wesley. Uh, so, so I know, Kim, that you are a life coach who works with people, uh, helping them find joy. And so I just was really wanting to reach out for a conversation right now because in, we're in the, right in the middle of, you know, COVID-19, uh, you know, pandemic. And I think a lot of people really need some help with finding that balance of what does it look like finding joy, you know, having connections. And I just felt like it was great to have a conversation about how do we balance reaching out to people in the video digital space, but also at the same time coming in and feeling um, like at ease with ourselves. So thanks for, for being on the podcast. Um, but I was also wondering, can you just for our listeners, give a kind of a brief explanation of kind of how you got into life coaching and and kind of what your main focus is? I know there's a lot of people out there, but what is that that makes you, you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me again. Um, gosh, I really feel like how I got into life coaching was sort of a divine calling, to be honest with you. Um, I had been a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapy for many years. And I just found um, there was something always underneath where I was like, I just don't really feel as fulfilled in this as I feel like I would want to or hope to for a career where you spend the majority of your waking hours at work. Um, and I had sort of a series of traumatic like life circumstances that were very close together in proximity and time. And I ended up just going and diving really deep within myself and saying something, something needs to change. Um, at that point, I quit my job and I backpacked around the world by myself for four months. Um, oh, wow. That's and yeah, so I went to nine different countries in that period of time. And, you know, people will laugh and joke and tell me like, oh, you're eat, pray, loving around the world, <laughs> um, which I guess is kind of what I did. But it was very much this. Um, I need the I need to go. I need to completely go inward and away from these external distractions and these external 
um, things telling me of who I should be and what I should do and fitting into this box of all of these ex expectations um, that society and other people have for us. And I need to figure out what I'm actually built inside me and born to do, you know? Um, and so I got really, really clear at that time of what I was supposed to be doing. And I, I came back and I already had a business idea in my mind. And I honestly had no idea what life coaching was. Um, and I, I ended up taking Uncage Your Business with Becca Tracy with that business idea. And um, when I was in the groups, I would say what my business idea was and other people would be like, oh, you mean like a life coach? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Um, so that's really when, when somebody explained it to me and told me what it was, I felt like it was one of these moments in life. I don't know if, um, any of the listeners or you have experienced this, but where like the cogs of the wheel, like finally fit into Just place, clicks. everything clicked into place. Um, and I was like, wow, this is it. Um, and so at that point I underwent the, um, you know, the process of getting my coaching certification, which was a year long intensive process and, and have been building my business since then. That's a, that's a little bit of background of the journey. And so do you actually do the, uh, which, which of the coaching certifications did you do? I did the courageous living coaching certification, um, with Kate Swoboda and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. I know there are a number of certifications, but I know they're always quite, quite rigorous, but it's impressive that you went ahead and took the time to actually get certified. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I felt strongly about that. Um, simply because, you know, not that, that you, there are people who are born with natural gifts. Um, and I do believe I was born with a natural gift to do this, but I also think that there can be extenuating circumstances when you are helping someone that, it's really great to have tools and practice and skill and for somebody to have taught you, Hey, if this extenuating circumstance comes up, this is how you can handle this, you know? Um, Cause I don't take lightly somebody being in, in my care and going deep on some of these issues and it can surface some things um, that it's best to know how to handle it. Uh, I think that's a good idea where it's supposed to just, let me, you know, play around with somebody's life, you know, and kind of experiment. You're just saying, no, let me actually learn how to deal with some of these things first. And then that way, when they come up, you know, sort of like a doctor, you want to be like, oh, I just, uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I think we can cut here. You know, you'd be a little bit, bit nervous. And I think yeah. doing that, you know, emotionally with people, it makes a lot of sense to yes. be aware of, of what's going on. Yeah. So jumping now really to the kind of the present circumstances and then, you know, where, you know, there's a lot, just a lot of issues with you know, everyone's going through a lot of things and, you know, people are getting unemployed, people are stuck at home and everyone's kind of having to balance. Like how has your work had to pivot and what issues have you seen come up over the next, like the last month that maybe you hadn't, didn't have to deal with, you know, before? Yeah. So, you know, luckily with, with life coaching, everything that I do has been and always will be pretty much online. So I'm in one of those businesses right now um, where like, oh, great, things are kind of the same. Yeah. Um, so, great, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you, you feel like you're kind of set up in a very advantageous way of I've been dealing, I, I've been working in the same way for years now. Um, you know, all of my calls that I hold with people are done via um, conference call, much like Zoom 
Um, but I do it without the video. Okay. And I do it that way. Um, and some people, some coaches do use video, um, and, and like that. I actually don't like that because I find it to be, um, it can create some interference for me of actually being able to sense people's emotions more. I can hear intonations and inflections in their voice and emotions coming up with more nuance. Um, you're, you're not so concerned about, you know, looking a certain way or appearing a certain way or, um, people feel more free to emote and things of that nature when when you have a little bit of distance of not being able to see each other and, and being on a phone call. Um, so all of that has been the same for me. Um, but of course, what everyone is dealing with, I think that is different within the space is how much fear is up for everybody, um, how much anxiety is up for everybody. Um, how that changes people's buying and spending habits, how it's changing the way people interact and relate um, both with themselves and with other people, um, how people are showing up, how people are um, consuming things, be that social media or food or things that we are using to numb our emotions or to check out or to deal with all the things that we're dealing with. Um, so those are the things that have changed is just, you know, I think everybody in business right now, you really have to be sensitive for what is up collectively for everyone as a whole of, of realizing I can't just continue business as usual right now because it's not as usual. You know, this is, I know people get sick of hearing unprecedented right now, but it is an unprecedented is. time. None of us have lived through something like this before. I hope we don't have to do it again. Um, but we have to, in other words, I think what's, what has changed and what needs to change is the level of sensitivity with which we're approaching people. Because we, we should assume, I think, that everyone is dealing with a high level of anxiety right now. Definitely. And, so that, and going back to that comment about doing your your um, your interviews o over the phone and not actually doing video and being able to connect, pick up on emotions, I had actually recently listened to part of a podcast that was looking at like AI's ability to detect emotion, and it was actually saying that just doing the audio in some ways was a little bit better mm. than in some ways having the video, which which to me seemed a little bit counterintuitive. But but I'm actually really curious to know about your thoughts because I think that is one thing where you know, someone myself who like, I appreciate video a lot, but at the same time, I often will listen to, you know, like a podcast, for example, and just be able to do audio because I can I multitask. So I'm really curious about that thought a little bit of, of what that's like. Can, can you explore that issue a little bit? Like, how yeah. is it that you find that you can pick up on emotion better when you don't have the visual there? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it, it can also be a difference in how you're trained. So my training was done via without video. You know, all of my training was done via the same way that I do it, which is, you know, conference calls, phone calls without the video. Um, and so it is partly what I'm used to, but I also find, and I know that there, there is research out there as well. Um, for example, if somebody was born blind, you know, and they, they have to rely on their other senses, um, those other senses naturally get heightened to compensate for the sense that isn't there, you know? And so it's very much that 
that same principle happening of, okay, if I don't have the visual feedback happening, you know, where I think the statistic is something that 70, 75% of communication is nonverbal. Um, and so when you and I are looking at each other right now, you know, we can scan one another. Um, we can scan and see, oh, this person is feeling a little tense. Their, their shoulders are up a little bit, or we can look at the um, eye, ex the expression, the facial expression in the, in the, in the eyes. Um, we can read all these nonverbal cues, and that's giving us a lot of information, right? Which is great if you're somebody that is highly visual, um, like yourself, and that's what you're used to doing. But you can also train yourself and to train your senses to pick up more on nonverbals and other ways when you take out that visual component. So, for example, um, when I'm on calls with somebody, it can just be the way that somebody is breathing that I pick up on. It can wow. be like a tension that I pick up, up on in the way that they're breathing, or it can be an ease, you know, and then, and then I can say, oh, I'm detecting ease right now after I just said that. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, actually, you know, and then there's this sense of calm that somebody is picking up on those cues that you're sending out so well, right? That it's, in other words, it, it gives them peace that I'm, I'm seen, I'm heard, um, I'm understood in this moment. Um, it can, it can even be, um, you know, they're, they're so, it, it can be the pause, you know, that it took, a, it took a little while for them to respond. There are so many things that you can train yourself to pick up on when you don't have that visual feedback that just makes that sense of hearing and your other senses a little bit more heightened. No, that, that is a really interesting idea. And it, I think it'll be interesting to see too, with you know a lot more things, a lot more zoom conversations happening. You know, I think everything has kind of a plus and a minus side and it'll be interesting to see with the zoom, like what happens to people become less able to pick up on some of those things or, or what ends up happening. And I mean, just in, in kind of the same way that people they have the research that you actually read differently if it's on a screen versus yeah. like print where you're more likely to skim if it's on a, on a computer screen versus you're not as likely to skim if it's a printed um, paper just in terms of how we are we train our our, our brain to, um, to like accept like look at information so everyone skims websites no one actually reads websites anymore um, so it's kind of an interesting interesting balance there and then so when it comes to also the, just the idea of like fear and that there's a lot more of that going on like what what tips do you have for people when it comes to just like finding balance like relaxing or paying attention to what their bodies are telling them because i think there's a lot of pressure right now to connect 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 as much as you can like join all these virtual events and how do you balance joining those at the same time kind of retreating and paying attention to what what you need as a person. Yeah. I love I I appreciate this question and I love it so much because um you know, I really think from a very young age that we are taught to disconnect from our bodies in a very real way. And so I'll just a very um fundamental example, you know, in kindergarten we have to raise our hand and ask to go to the bathroom. You know, we have, we feel a physical sensation of something that our body needs to do, but you know, sometimes the teacher will say, not right now, you need to hold it, you know? And so we're taught, I mean, that's just a very rudimentary example, but in so many ways throughout our life, we are taught to just, 
just suppress what our body is telling us. And eventually we become disconnected to such an extent where we really only live up here. Okay. And when we really only live in our head, um, we get driven by sort of societal expectations of productivity that is put on us. And we live in a society where productivity is really equated with our worth. So if we're not productive, if we haven't crossed off all the things off of our to-do list in any given day, um, we end up feeling like we need to push ourselves more. We need to do more. We need to go, go, go. And then we completely deny what we may be feeling on the inside, which is, I feel exhausted right now. I don't feel like I have any more capacity to do anything at the moment, you know? Um, and on top of that, I know, Wesley, you and I had talked about, you know, let's say, for example, if you're used to working a nine to five in, in an office space all day long, and you're used to being able to go for that period of time right now. Um, and you come home and you have this rigid expectation of I'm still going to work from nine to five, even though I've got kids at home, I'm homeschooling, I've got all these other environmental stimulus going on um, that I'm not used to having in my work environment, but I'm still, I need to have the same productivity schedule as I always have, or I'm going to beat myself up about it, right? Um, so really, in my opinion, all of that, the, the main message that I would love for people to hear underneath all of it is to tune back into what your body is telling you. I'll, I'll give you an example of something from me just the other day. Of Typically, when I got up in the morning, I would immediately go into, let me purge my email, uh, you know, all the emails that had come in overnight, empty out my e email box to zero, um, catch up on my social media notifications, you know, catch up on all my business stuff, and then start my day. And, you know, I noticed within myself um, when I was going about that routine, I'm like, I just feel this like live wire, a little bit more jittery on me on my inside as I was going about this. And instead of saying, well, I need to empty my email inbox and I need to be productive and I need to keep going, I stopped. <laughs> And I listened to myself and I said to myself, this is not working with what my body is telling me. So when I get up in the morning, I'm going to do some centering prayer. I'm going to do some meditation. I'm going to take, it doesn't have to be, and this is another thing that I feel like people can get sort of lost in. They feel like it, can, it needs to be this like hour long lavish. I'm going to take a bubble bath and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my mani petty and like, that's not what this means. But it is saying to honor what your body is telling you that you need at the moment. And for me, it was not to do that first thing in the morning. It was taking five to 10 minutes to myself. And I found that when I did that, the rest of my day, my productivity skyrocketed when I wasn't inputting. In other words, my body was telling me that was too much stimulus for me first thing in the morning, you know? Um, and then for me, I also noticed. It, you know, working from home, which is, again, is something I, I'm used to. Um, but I need to go for a walk every day. And, you know, some people may be in a place where it's, it's prohibited right now to even get outside and go for a walk. Where I am, I can still go for a walk. So it's like every two hours, 
something like that, two to three hours. And again, how do I figure that out? It's not some regimented external, I'm going to cross this off my to-do list in two hours, I'm going to shut this down. Um, It's more so how am I feeling inside myself? Am I starting to feel tired? Am I starting to feel that anxious, nervous, jittery feeling inside myself? Am I starting to feel like I don't have capacity for this anymore? In which case, that's your body saying, okay, it's time to close, right? And we need to honor the close as much as we need to honor the productivity that all of us have kind of been forced into by the societal obsession with it and the, the, the um, equating that productivity with our worthiness. No, th- those are great because especially right now, I think everyone is trying to it's like you're getting people who are in different categories and you're getting some people who have been laid off of their job and they all of a sudden have a whole bunch more time. And then you're getting other people who on the one end, they still have a job, but now they also are trying to homeschool and dealing with, you know, with kids at home that they didn't, they weren't, that they normally are at a daycare or at school. And so they're almost giving, putting expectations on themselves of we need to be working at the same level as when things are completely normal. And I think it's leading to people you know, working late hours, just stressing themselves and, um, and it's just not being nearly as productive by almost just paying attention to ourselves and telling us, what do we need to be doing right now? That's actually going to be making a difference. And how do we adjust what we need to be doing for like this particular time? I know on my end, I was, you know, there's always that temptation of, well, I want to make sure I upstate, like, what are the, where's the news? Where are things at? You know, I want to make sure I'm up to date on, you know, is this, where is this pandemic? Because in some ways it does affect whether things are open. But I know I was finding where if I was reading news like too late or first thing in the morning, that it would, now if it was at night, I was almost having a harder time going to sleep because it was kind of elevating, hiding my senses, just reading about everything. And so I had to just start, let me just put that aside. Let me not look at my phone for an hour before going to bed. I actually started putting it away um, outside of my room that was going to sleep and just use something else as an alarm. And I tended to calm down a little bit, a little bit more. So that was actually easier to, to go to sleep. Um, so I'm curious too, like, do, what are you, do you have any other tips for like routines? I know going for walks are great. Uh, just, you know, don't expect that you have to work from nine into five at your house, but just be okay taking a break. Um, is there anything else that you've kind of found that is helpful or what are other people going through right now that is, is helping them be more productive and, and be more themselves? Yeah. I, I want to touch on for a moment something you said, because I, I feel like it was so crucial to this conversation. And that was you talking about expectations that people are putting on their themselves right now. Um, and I find that within what we're talking about, those expectations, and, and most of the time, those will show up in things that people will say, even in your own internal dialogue, um, will say things like, well, I should be doing X, Y, Z. I should have a full eight hour workday done, or I should, the, sh- the kids should be more well behaved during this time or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank with whatever shoulds. Okay. And, and I'm going to go even a layer deeper to that. When you have those shoulds, typically you are beating yourself up in some way. So it's not just that you have the expectation on yourself. It's also that you are um, shaming yourself, chastising yourself, um, getting down on yourself for not doing things the way that you have the expectation in your mind to do. 
And all of that, believe it or not, when you're talking about what are ways for us to be more productive, you would be surprised at how much energy that chastising yourself, shooting yourself, wishing things were different, um, having these unrealistic expectations for ourselves based on the time that we're currently living in, how much energy that takes up throughout the day. Um, because honestly, you're fighting with yourself all day long. And that's really exhausting. And so one of the ways, honestly, to be more productive is to be mindful of that internal self-talk. You know, we already talked about um, tuning in with your body, giving yourself what you need. And again, that doesn't have to be these lavish, I'm going to stop and um, have an hour-long bubble bath with candles and essential oils. It can just be, I'm going to give myself a five-minute break to stand up, to walk around the house. Maybe I'm going to walk around the block or whatever it may be. Um, watching that internal monologue throughout the day. And if you find yourself shitting yourself, um, how can you give yourself grace instead? How can you give yourself understanding? How can you give yourself compassion for what you're currently going through? And the fact that these are weird uh, circumstances that we're not used to working in. And, and, you know, nobody knows exactly how this goes because nobody has lived through it before. And how can you give yourself that, that grace throughout the day? Um, the other thing that I would add when we're talking about um, continuing on is that I think something that people forget a good bit is that we, you know, if, if we're feeling a heightened level of anxiety throughout all of this, um, it's really hard to remain focused and to remain quote unquote productive if we're experiencing heightened anxiety and fear and we've got all this other stuff on our mind. And I think it's really, really important to realize, um, again, this is in that living in your head space instead of living in your body, but a lot of times we'll try to logic our way through fear. You know, We'll try to just tell ourselves, and this, this to me is what I would call bypassing. Um, by bypassing, I mean we're just trying to gloss over it. We're just trying to get past it so we can get to that whatever external metric or goal that we have for ourselves. Um, so we bypass it when, we're, when we tell ourselves, well, this should be fine. I, I should be okay in this situation. This anxiety that I'm experiencing or this fear that I'm experiencing is irrational. Um, well, you know, fear is never rational. It's primal. It, it's located in the hind centers of our brain. And we need to communicate to our bodies that we are okay and that we are safe in the language that our bodies understand. And the language our bodies understand is not the language of logic and reason, you know? Um, it, I'm just trying to think, it, you know, there are times when you're in an argument with somebody or you, you're in this heightened state. If somebody tells you something perfectly logical, it just makes you more mad, you know? You're like, ah, you know? Um, so we need to communicate with our bodies in a way that calms down our nervous system and in a language that are, you know, in the language that our bodies understand so that we can then work from this place of um, inner calm and inner peace instead of I'm just going to push through in the name of productivity all this anxious, jittery anxiety that I'm feeling inside myself. Yeah, no, it kind of brings up the idea that I know whenever you know, work with my young kids and never they get... You know, just the something flips and the switch and I kind of heard it explained like just a lid pops up and you know, like no amount of reasoning with them makes a difference until they can you know, calm down and bring the lid back in and then they can kind of start to like 
think clearly about it. But I think you're right that during these times, and when since we're not really used to knowing how to deal with those emotions, it can be easy for us just to try to rationalize our way through some of that, you know, the fear, the uncertainty that people are facing, instead of just trying to let your like let yourself take care of it, just set those aside, or just deal with it in, in other ways that aren't a matter of just beating yourself up over I'm not getting this done, this isn't happening, or, you know, I'm letting the kids watch uh, too much t- screen time or, or whatever it is that people might be trying to get on themselves for, but really just taking the time to really kind of listen to their bodies and pay attention to what they what you need. What, and don't be afraid of if you need to take a break middle of the day or um, just unplug from things like you'll probably will be okay. And you're better off taking care of yourself for the long run rather than trying to beat yourself beat yourself up, you know, that day on, on what you did or didn't get done. Yeah. Exercise also is super important during this time, I think. Um, and, and really that's because all of these emotions that we're experiencing, um, emotions are energy and motion. Um, and that energy is meant to move through us. It's not meant to stay stuck inside of us, to be suppressed, to, um, just, mm, just stay, you know, stay hunkered down in us. Um, that, that can cause a lot of the anxiety. It can end up causing dis disease in our bodies. Um, so, you know, even if you can't get outside, even if you can't go to the gym, doing something to move your body can actually help move some of this energy through your body as well. So, so keeping that in mind too, you know, how much you're sleeping, you know, these are very practical, um, things on top of all of the things that we've already talked about of actually listening to our body, giving ourselves what we need, but how much water are you drinking? How are you eating? You know, um, are you moving your body? How, how is your sleep pattern? You know, um, as you already discussed really, you know, research is huge on shutting screen time down, which all of us are on screens. So my, you know, my husband has joked that life is one big zoom call right now. Um, so, so shutting screen time down an hour before bed, you know, the blue light, um, from screens really does affect our bodies to thinking that it is still daytime and it is not time for sleep. Um, a, a great investment right now can be blue blocker glasses, honestly, you know, from a reputable, reputable source, get some blue blocker glasses, um, wear those throughout the day while you are on all of these screens It cuts down on headaches, cuts down on eye fatigue, you know, helps you to be able to sleep better at night. Um, some of those things are just very, very practical tips that I think all of us can use on top of that tuning inwards as well. No, definitely. That's a, that's a good tip. And I'll have to check out the, uh, the blue blocker classes. I, I don't think I'd heard of those. I'll have to check mm-hmm. them out. Yeah. No, great. So do you have any other tips too for, you know, as we're kind of winding down, um, like what are some of the other things that people can do? I know you mentioned just kind of paying attention, exercise, rest. Um, do you have any tips or do you have any go-to resources that you like to, to point people towards? Um, or even like, what does it look like for people to, to work with you as a, as a coach? I'm just curious, like what, for people who, who find themselves stressed and want to really take things to the next level, what do you recommend besides just some of the, obviously the tips that we've listed? Yeah, you know, well, I really recommend I I I'm biased, of course, but I highly recommend working with a coach. Um and and not just any coach, but a coach that you feel 
that you really identify with and that you feel totally comfortable being completely vulnerable with and opening up, it needs to be this two-way co-created, um, wonderfully established, established relationship between you and that person. Um, because it is also an extended period of time. You know, I work in three month long in increments and Oh, really, really, really deep together. But the reason why I recommend that, of course, on top of all the other things that we have said that you can be doing on your own, um, there really is value in having someone from sort of a bird's eye view and outside perspective of things that it's really hard sometimes to be your own observer and to observe your own patterns versus someone who is trained when you're telling them certain things about your day. Um, you know, there are things that are registering in my mind based on the training that I've had of like, oh, this, 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 like six layers deep could potentially be happening, you know? Um, and, and I really, um, another thing that I may recommend is starting to keep track of your patterns can be really, really good. Okay. So what I mean by that is, um, we typically have a way that fear, which fear Fear is really the thing that holds any and all of us back from stepping into the fullness of who we were created to be. You know, these subconscious blocks are what help keep us um, feeling safe in many ways, but they also hold us back. Okay, so um, the ways that these fears show up are typically in a repetitious pattern in each individual's life, which of course is what I am trained to be able to pick up on very quickly of how those patterns are presenting for you, but it's also something that you can start becoming more aware of yourself. And so these fear patterns typically show up in three different ways. They show up in your mind, they show up in your body, and they show up in your actions, okay? So start looking at, you know, let's say for example, like, like I just told you of like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, and I'm, I'm checking my um, news feeds and I'm going to my email address, I'm noticing in my body this increased anxiety and jitteriness to me, okay? That's a way that fear is showing up in my body. And if you start to notice that pattern over and over again, it can start to pique your interest and say, oh, there's something here, you know, um, that I may need to show a little attention and love and care to. Um, another really typical one, way that fear shows up in your body is con I mean, in your mind, I'm sorry, is, is constant mental chatter, you know, this constant, uh, you know, in your head over and over again, um, it could be repetitious, you know, and internal critical self-talk, for example, or um, the same loops going on in your head over and over again. Um, I really even recommend keeping those things as a log. And, and, and looking at, okay, what was the triggering event that made me think this way? Because that will tell you a lot about what is triggering you. Um, and then, and then, you know, and your actions as well of like, okay, I noticed that when this trigger happened, um, I ended up procrastinating. I ended up you know, not being able to move into what I knew was really my desire thing to do for the day. I'm just going to get curious about the fact that, um, you know, like I keep on putting off this one task that I know I really want to do, 
but it's always the thing that I'm like, I'll do that tomorrow. You know, I'll do that tomorrow again and again and again. It always keeps on getting pushed back on your to-do list. So I really recommend a log almost of, okay, triggering event. What was it? Um, and how did that present in my mind, in my body, and in my actions? And that will tell you so much about the things that you're fearing. And then just get curious and be with those sensations. And, and you can even ask yourself the question, you know, what am I protecting myself from here? What am I afraid of? What feels unsafe in this? So that, that activity alone um, can open up so much for you. No, that, that's great. And I think that especially is helpful right now because I think people often discover like things that they're doing or things that are providing stress or things that they're avoiding, you know, and, and why are they avoiding those things? And, and I think in some cases there might be just a level, level of underlying stress that's, because I think too, not everything we, we think is important is necessarily important. And sometimes we can get stuck doing those things that, oh, we need to do this. So we jump on the urgent, but not the important. Um, oftentimes when it's, we think, or we think something is urgent, we think this is demanding our attention, but maybe, maybe, you know, five years from now or one year from now, that thing will seem so insignificant, but we didn't do those things that were really important. And if we had just stopped and taken some of that time to to reflect, really prioritize things and be more self-aware, I think you're right that that will just do wonders. I'm actually going to take that away myself in terms of you know, when it comes to doing things that I that I think are important that I should be doing, but don't stop and ask why didn't I do those and actually pay attention at, at those different levels. So I think that's absolutely a great tip there. So thanks so much. Yeah. And you mentioned a great tip as well. And that's something that I, I tell people a lot. Um, what you mentioned is something that I would call checking in with your future self. So in other words, um, it, it really closing your eyes, getting into a calm state and, and asking, imagining you're like, I always imagine myself as an old woman with gray hair and just super wise and wrinkles in my skin. And, um, just, you know, just my future wise self, um, tuning in and asking, will this matter? In five years, will this matter in five minutes? And if it's something tuning into that own internal wisdom of that future self of yours really can help to clarify things of, you know what, um, what felt urgent is not really what is the most important. And I'm going to focus my time when I tune into that future self. Um, what my future self is telling me is actually the most important thing. No, that's great. Well, I think especially too, as, Everyone's working, most people are working from home if possible. And so I think in some ways, mentally, the ability, since you're at home, work starts, there, there's not always a clear, definite, definitive start and stop, like there might be if you're going to the office, coupled with the fact that we also have, you know, devices with that try to get as many notifications on your phone as possible. You know, it, it becomes a little harder. I know I have, have definitely at times, you know, try to turn notifications off yeah, and turn them off <laughs> or emails. And then sometimes yeah. you get people tell you, oh, like turn the notifications on your phone. And I'm like, nope, like, why? Well, I don't want to do that because uh, every time, uh, you know, you get a notification, it just can wreck your uh, ability. If it, especially if it's like a deep focus work, it's going to wreck it. Um, but when you can, yeah, take the time to actually, you know, pay attention and, and focus, it's, it's going to be, you're going to be so much more productive. And I think that's the struggle right now is 
with everyone being online, everything being Zoom, everyone expecting, oh, I need to show that I'm working and to convince my boss or someone that I'm working. So I, I feel like I need to respond right away to show that I'm not like goofing off or something like that. But that in the end just leads to a loss in productivity because yeah. you took took time away to answer something that you thought was urgent when really just wrecked your what what you're actually trying to accomplish. Yeah. When I am working um, from home, I have my phone on the other side of the room. I do not have it near me. That can be maybe another helpful tip for some people. Um, when I'm working on my computer, it can be very, very tempting to like, oh, I'm going to pick up my phone and check Instagram or check whatever it is. And so I, I have it in such a position that I would have to physically get up and walk across the room in order to get my phone. And, and if in that two hours or so, or whatever it is that I have planned, of course, I'll check in with my body. I'm saying I'm, I'm working. I'm not, I'm not having all of these external distractions going on with my phone, but I, I also just feel so strongly that I want to give all of the listeners today just a big permission slip that an understanding that rest is a crucial part of your productivity, that um, being able to rest and turn things off and not be constantly on is part of being human. It, you know, it's imagine if it was like eternal summer, like there are all seasons that lead to this, that lead to life. And we need all seasons in order for life to happen and to remain harmonious. And so much of our difficulties and problems come when we are expecting ourselves to remain in this constant state of on. And we need to learn to trust and to be in this place of trusting that even when we power down, you know, both metaphorically and in actuality from our devices and things like that, that a lot of the things that we are learning and growing in are taking actual root within us and are being able to integrate in a way where that is when the actual learning and implementing and living out the things that we have learned happens. Versus if we're always open and on, that integration can't can't happen. No, I think that's a that, great tips there, and I think you know some great tips for you know surviving, being productive during you know life in general, but especially right now during this uh, you know kind of the COVID nineteen shut in. So, well, th thanks so much, Kim, for kind of walking us through that whole process, walking the listeners through that. So, if people want to get a hold of you, um, what are, what are your in terms of best way website or you know social media, what, what do you recommend? Yeah, the best way is likely um, social media. If you're on Instagram, my handle is Kim Kimball Coaching. And my last name, K-I-M-B-A-L-L, -L, um, is how it's spelled. Um, my website is the same. So KimKimballCoaching.com. Um, that is also a good way. There's a contact form on there with my email address. So either way is fine. I just, I just tend to be on Instagram more frequently. But I would love to hear from you. Oh, sounds good. Well, I'll make sure I have those in the show notes too. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Kim. It was great having you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. Well, that wraps up another episode. I hope you've taken away some tips and were able to walk away with some ideas for better disconnecting from all the news and content out there. While I love the ability to stay connected with other people and the news during this time, I also believe that the biggest part of being healthy is knowing when to disconnect as well. 
and disconnecting might be our biggest challenge today, not the whole connecting part. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are adjusting well to this new style and pace of life. Until next week, have a good one.